Coming up, how to reduce tension in our marriage. Welcome, everybody, to At Home in Jerusalem, the podcast on H.com. I'm Heather Dean, and this is the place where each week a well-known speaker or author drops by for a visit and shares important insights from the Torah that will make home life better. And this week, my guest is Dr. Lisa Aiken, and we will be talking about how we can reduce tension in our marriage. Dr. Aiken has authored and co-authored 11 books, including Guide for the Romantically Perplexed, as well as others on a variety of Jewish topics. She is a psychologist who has worked with individuals and couples for nearly 40 years and has also given talks to various audiences in more than 250 cities on six continents. If you are interested in contacting Dr. Aiken to speak in your community or to purchase her books or to find out more about her therapy practice, just send your email to lisaaaiken at hotmail.com. That's L-I-S-A-A-A-I-K-E-N at hotmail.com. Welcome, Dr. Lisa Aiken, to At Home in Jerusalem. Nice to be here. I'm wondering, do you think it's possible for a married couple to have a stable and fulfilling marriage if they have these explosive, fiery arguments? Well, what the research says, surprisingly, is that it absolutely is possible. Hmm. But there's a condition to that. And the condition is they have to laugh a lot, they have to be able to resolve their differences, and they have to share a lot of love. Wow. So let's break that down. Really, to laugh a lot, to have that sense of humor, to enjoy the same entertainment, or just something to, to lighten the load? Well, one of the things that we find humor does in a marriage is it makes serious things less serious. When people are able to laugh together, it's not only something that they share, but it puts people in a better mood and actually gives them better abilities to deal with the issues that they have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And also, if, uh, if they share a lot of love, so ultimately, even if they do have these fights, the core thing is that they really do love each other. Right. I mean, one of the things that research has shown is that in a happy marriage, there are five times as many positive interactions as neutral or negative ones. Okay. So that gives us a sense of the scale of how much loving and positive interactions there have to be mm -hmm. to be able to tolerate these kinds of explosive outbursts from time mm -hmm. to time. Mm -hmm. And I should also add that those explosive arguments can't be attacking each other. Ah, okay. They can be about the issue, but they can't be attacking right. the other person. Got it. Okay, that's very important to clarify also. Okay, so you're talking about the ratio five to one, basically of positive interactions to neutral and negative. Can you give an example, like, is a positive interaction as simple as saying please and thank you or compliments? Like, what are we talking about with the five to one? What's, what's It could be something as simple as what you just described. It could be, you know, I'm so happy I'm married to you. It could be you made a great dinner tonight. It could be... Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing you at the end of the day today. It could be any kind of small or big interaction, right. as long as the other person feels that it was positive. Uh, got it. Okay. And then you had also mentioned that, uh, that a couple can have a happy, fulfilling marriage, even with explosive arguments, if they resolve uh, issues together. So that's... So every marriage has more or less seven unresolvable issues. The issue isn't that they have the issue. The issue is how they deal with the issue. Ah. And so it's okay that, you know, they've never resolved that he's a Democrat and she's a Republican. That doesn't matter as long as they decide what are they going to do about it. Mm -hmm. In one couple where he's, he's a diehard liberal and she is exactly the opposite, they've decided they're not going to discuss politics. Okay. 
So it doesn't mean that they have to both become Democrats or they both have to become Republicans. It means they have to find a way to live with those differences. You know, it's interesting. It sounds like something you've learned from your practice, your therapy practice. When you say seven, because I know there's going to be some listeners wondering, does that mean seven specific um, subjects related to all marriages? Or are you saying within that couple, it's the seven? Within that couple, there tend to be a number of unresolvable differences. And as long as they don't attract too much attention... It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, so since we are talking uh, today all about reducing tension, uh, you know, what, what is so bad about saying exactly how we feel to our spouse? So if we think about what we call natural communication, mm-hmm. kids are wonderful at giving natural communication. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, a child might tug on her mother's skirt and say, Mommy, why is that lady so fat? Mommy, I don't want to talk to him. He's very ugly. Mommy, that person looks disgusting to me. Mm -hmm. All of that is what we call natural communication. Mm -hmm. We have to basically learn to lie in a diplomatic way as we get older or we're considered to be unsocialized. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons it's important to be able to do that is because we don't want to keep hurting people's feelings. And so what I might think or feel I might say in a totally natural way could very well hurt another person. Mm -hmm. And in Judaism, it's a very important value not to unnecessarily hurt people's feelings. So to the extent that we certainly don't want to hurt our spouse's feelings, Mm -hmm. a lot of times people think I want to get something off my chest, but it's going to be at the expense of somebody else. And learning that kind of self-control and learning to monitor and censor what we say before we say it, mm-hmm. can keep us from getting into a lot of trouble, not just in marriage, but in life in general. In life, yes, yes. That's a very huge, important thing to learn to do, to condition oneself to do. Uh, you also talk about considering what we say and how it will be interpreted. Um, so I'm just wondering if you could give us some hints as to how we can perceive how our words will be heard. After all, we are not mind readers. Well, that's true. But we know, for example, if your spouse is very, he cares a lot about his parents, So if you insult his parents, he's going to take it very personally. If you know that somebody's very sensitive about her weight and you say something about her weight in a way that is just very blunt, Mm -hmm. then you can assume she's going to be hurt. Mm -hmm. So there are certain things we know from our experience or we can reasonably extrapolate from what we do know to how somebody else is going to react to some of the things we might want to say. Mm -hmm. And since we are trying to reduce tension, so what about maybe on the positive side, if it'll be interpreted in a positive way? So for example, if we tell her, you look nice today, or we tell him, you know, go get him, you you did great on that whatever that deal or something. Well, positive is always good. As far as de-escalating tension goes, there are a number of ways that successful couples do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Putting in a positive word never hurts. I remember a a friend of mine who had a wonderful marriage. Um, Her husband was being very blunt about something. And she looked at him with with a huge smile on her face and said, you know, sweetheart, one of the things I've always loved about you is you are so truthful. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it depends on the person, of course, that wouldn't be appropriate for everybody to Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. But um, another thing that escalates, uh, that de-escalates tension is when we can validate the other person. We may Mm -hmm. not agree with what they're saying, Mm -hmm. but we can say, you know, I can certainly appreciate why this is such an important issue for you. Or I can certainly understand how you feel the way you do. The third thing is that when we have tension, there might be something that we do agree with about what they say. Mm -hmm. And agreeing, of course, always de-escalates tension as well. Mm -hmm. Another thing is using humor. Yes. Or laughter mm-hmm. to de-escalate. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I knew when I opened up this topic that it was going to be a can of worms, but I forgot my fishing hook today, so oh. I think I'm going to just leave the can of worms where it is. Oh, um, 
you know, there's all kinds of creative ways that people that are good at de-escalating tension learn to do it with their partner. Okay. So um, I'm wondering what our big takeaway is for those of us human beings working on ourselves that obviously do want to reduce and de-escalate tension in our relationships. What's the big takeaway for when we do have those human imperfect moments? I think the takeaway is to remember why you married this person, that you have common goals, what you love about the person, that you know, not every difference has to be made into a major issue. When there are tensions, you don't have to be right. You can be right or you can be happy. And this is something I often tell people. And sometimes it's better just to agree to disagree. I really do love that takeaway. It's something that uh, fits all of us and is very suitable. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us, Dr. Lisa Aiken. Thank you, Heather. And these are just a small taste of the vast amount of helpful and practical ideas that you'll read in Dr. Lisa Aiken's book, Guide for the Romantically Perplexed. And there are many articles and audio classes about Jewish marriage in general on H.com. Just look for the marriage section on the homepage. Thanks for listening. 